A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of the big show, the main show, the Superstar Destroyer of our fleet. Have you ever just looked at a Superstar Destroyer? They're so impressive. Is that just me? 
What about you, Joseph Scrimshaw? What about you, Jennifer Landa? Have you ever just stared at Superstar Destroyers? Oh, yeah. I like to watch them leave. <laughs> That's weird. But I like, you know, sometimes in, in the original trilogy, you know, they got them those big engines. Oh, and yeah. They're just like that little bit of flicker of, of uh, business, of like space dust. <laughs> space business. Space business just floating around while they leave. Looks so real. I, I yeah, you're watching them leave is actually pretty impressive. <laughs> Weirdest intro ever. It is. Yeah. It's, it is, Jennifer. Yeah. Do you like watching Star Destroyers leave? You know what? I saw a little toy one that somebody had painted, and they stuck it inside a cardboard tube oh. and put some cotton balls, I guess, around mm. it, and painted it, lit it up. It looked like it was a still from the movie. Oh yeah, really? that was incredible. Amazing. Did you see that? Yes. I don't know who did it, but it was fantastic. I mean, if I was just scrolling around the internet i would think i would think you would have done it <laughs> i was impressed i'm like oh man I mean, if it impresses I I you i feel like there's someone at lucasfilm who looked at that and then the budget for solo it's like damn it <laughs> <laughs> that's right four setters starting off with a wonderful crafty open that's right <laughs> you crafters when i watched you jen on your video build Achtu out of like newspapers yeah. and like oatmeal or whatever it was <laughs> It's like, where do you even start with that? Like, what do you, what do you, I can barely make scrambled eggs and you're building a rock island. Out it's of really impressive. Like, you know, kids do it. That's why I was like, okay, if kids can do it, I can do it. <laughs> said, said me to myself this week when I learned how to do YouTube thumbnails. And I literally watched a tutorial video from a 12 year old. That's awesome. <laughs> kids, they are the future. Did the kid have a good thumbnail? Uh, he did. Okay, yeah, good. He did. He did. That it was, was great. painful otherwise. It was just this crappy. <laughs> it was crayon and paper. <laughs> Four centers here. We're having a great time. We love getting together just as friends talking Star Wars with you. You guys are here for the ride, and we're going to be talking celebrations in Star Wars, catching up with the news, and answering your questions. But first, I do want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from 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 your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little later in the show, we'll have our Four Center Recommends, which audiobook we think you should try if you haven't already heard it. And I love seeing you guys uh, who who sign up for Audible and asking us advice. I'm on a road trip. Which four novels should I listen to? We love that kind of stuff. Reach out to us on Four Center and let us know. So uh, we're getting caught up here. It's been a, a a calmer week in Star Wars. So we had to concentrate on other things. Joseph, you had a great comedy show I attended the other night. Yeah, everything, everything good over there. Oh yeah. You mean just in my life? <laughs> just or in I, your life. Yeah. Your comedy show, <laughs> Star Wars was, Adventures. Yeah. It was all, all. It was. This has been a super busy uh, time, but there have been moments of of such joy. Uh, the the show was great. It was great that you came to the show. Uh, and then we've been super busy, so we've missed a lot of the big movies. I still haven't seen Deadpool. I haven't seen uh, Jurassic World. Right. But my wife and I said, like, okay, we don't care. We're making time. We're going to go see the Mr. Rogers movie. Mm. And that was powerful. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was like... Uh, I was thinking, like, did I have any Star Wars adventures? Well, I played Battlefront Two when I shouldn't. But, uh, <laughs> but honestly, this I, I, yeah. this is one of these places I can say it, and it's safe. There's a moment in the Mister Rogers movie, no spoilers, uh, toward the end, where there's this kind of archival footage of him just chilling. He's on like a beach that kind of looks like an alien island, and I just honestly thought, like, he should ignite a blue lightsaber right now <laughs> because he is truly a Jedi. He is truly, truly a power of the light side of the force. Like the movie is so much about like kindness is not weakness and yeah. showing you that he was a ridiculously determined man who is not going to back down mm-hmm. from a conflict, but was going to find a kind and peaceful way to address conflict. And it's just like, he's a Jedi. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> Fred Rogers is a Jedi now. He's Luke Skywalker at the end. Yeah. I think he could do well some force. I, I must see that movie. Uh, I grew up watching Mr. Rogers like a lot of our generation. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's on my list uh, to do. Yeah, Jennifer. me too. Yeah. I did nothing Star Wars related. What? Well, my daughter has really gotten into my Star Wars figures as I talked about. So she's often, I just hear her in the background, Ishi Mama! <laughs> grabbing their little... Although, we, yeah, we were trying to you know dress her Leia doll or Forces of Destiny doll. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts on the toys that they could make. Hasbro, yeah? call me. Oh, really? Do you feel like they need more interactive dolls they that have like activities? Smaller dolls, play Ooh, sets. Really? Oh my gosh. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Jenny Nicholson talked about this a while back how children have tiny hands. And yeah. so they can, you know, maneuver all these tiny little things. Right. And they love it. It's like they create their own little worlds. And I. Exactly. Oh, I just wish that they would do it. Because she loves my action figures so much. But if she could dress them up as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Change Bib Fortuna's outfit. Like, this would be <laughs> revolutionary. I love this. You know, like, Polly Pocket Bib Fortuna. Exactly. Or yeah, she calls him exactly. Big Tuna. Big Tuna. Uh, <laughs> big Tuna. I don't big correct her. Tuna, indeed. Yeah, you know, imagination and, and, and kids, they still have it. They it do. It still exists. Yes. Every year around the Christmas tree, my G.I. Joes would have an adventure in the tree. Oh, oh I yeah. Love that. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm going to go out and buy some Forces of Destiny figures for me. Uh, I didn't have any Star Wars adventures this week unless you count ordering Star Wars socks for Comic Con. Yeah. I had a, you know, it's a big adventure. Got some big adventures. Yeah. And uh, I guess we should talk, uh, actually, bring up Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, you and I will be down there. Jennifer's yeah. got a, another commitment. We'll yes. we'll have the humidity in the crowds for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take any uh, photos of people cosplaying Big Tuna. <laughs> yes, That's right. But Joseph and I will be down there. We're going to be taking part in the Mark Ellis led comedy show yeah. Friday night, ten p.m. at the American Comedy Company. You'll be slinging some jokes. I will. Say. I will sling some jokes. <laughs> yes, in a friendly way. Friendly slinging. Friendly slinging. Me, uh, me, and uh, Josh McCook will be hosting the show. And then earlier in that day, so this is Friday of Comic Con. I forget which actual date that is. I want to say July 20th. I believe you're right, sir. And I want to be correct. Yes. I hope I'm correct. You will be. Peace and purpose. <laughs> correct. Uh, we will have a Force Center meetup with Joseph and I. Uh, details to follow will be sometime in the afternoon. So pay attention to us here on Twitter, Instagram, all the places we are, and we'll uh, let you guys know where you can meet up with us, talk Star Wars in person. Until we have to go get ready for the comedy show, yeah. you know how it is. So Fine. that Do is that. Hair. Yes, uh, that is that. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Let's dive into the show, starting with the news. That's right. So a little bit of news this week, a little bit. The official Star Wars Twitter account shared some San Diego Comic Con uh, an exclusive cover art for the upcoming book Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn, and Star Wars Twitter went nuts over the artwork. The cover features young Anakin Skywalker and Thrawn striking a menacing and somewhat sexy pose together. (laughs) StarWars.com shared an excerpt from the book, and it shows the first meeting of Anakin and Thrawn in a flashback. There's also a great section where Thrawn tells Anakin his full name, Commander, and I had to spell this out phonetically, Mithron, Mithron Nurodo. I think that's yeah. how they pronounced it. Uh, Anakin thinks he's pronouncing the name right, but of course Thrawn keeps correcting him. And it's just such a great example of how Thrawn is always trying to get the upper hand. Right. Uh, really a, a great excerpt. My question is, did this excerpt get you guys excited for the book? Did you read the original Thrawn novel in this inst- Series, yeah, yeah, you we did? did, yeah, we yeah, did. We, yeah, you guys did, did a review, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was not there. Yeah, and I'm I'm enjoying the the Jody Hauser adaptation oh, yeah. of Marvel, who was on your comedy show Friday yeah. night. We should mention, Joseph. yeah, Jody was great. In the uh, show. She cool. was great. Um, yeah, I, I'm enjoying this. This uh, the artwork did more for me than 
the ex, 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 excerpt. Uh, I, I love I love both the art and the word that I'm not going to say. Uh, yeah, no, I love the uh, the first Thrawn book more than I expected to by a lot. Hmm. So I've been super excited for Thrawn Alliances. And then I was excited by that photo. I love when people get excited about a hot, mythical alien. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, it's Thrawn, but his hair is falling. Oh, he's got a little lock of hair falling. Oh, my God. Uh, in, it, it's a great Star Wars image, and it also looks like a brooding boy band from space. Oh, yeah. Totally. So I love that image. But, man, no, the excerpt uh, uh, killed me. Yeah. I loved it. it I feel like... Uh, Zahn is absolutely nailing prequel era Anakin in tone and style. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to spend more time with that character. And I love that the excerpt revealed that Anakin is on a mission to find Padme. So I'm like, are we going to get some good quality Padme time in this book? Mm. I really, really hope so. Maybe. That'll be good. Yeah. uh, I I poked through the excerpt and uh, saw things I liked, to be clear there. Um, But it's that art. I I, I think I was drawn to uh, Hayden. Back in, in, in the spotlight, yeah. so to speak, even yeah. though it's this drawing of his character. I liked I liked seeing that. I really did like seeing that. And, and the Padme connection would be interesting uh, to, to get more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think this book is going to do well because I checked the Star Wars Facebook page. And that, to me, is always kind of my gauge yeah. <laughs> of how angry fans are. And I'll tell you, the fans loved it. Mm. Everyone on there was really excited. So that's interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's just been this sea change towards Hayden and uh-huh. Anakin. Yep. yep. Thrawn we know is popular, but... Hmm. Exactly. So this summer marks the 10th anniversary of the Clone Wars animated series, which debuted originally in the summer of 2008. To celebrate this momentous occasion, supervising director Dave Filoni and special guests will take part in the Clone Wars 10-year anniversary panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Dave and guests will look back on the stories that enriched the Star Wars universe and introduce several fan-favorite characters like Ahsoka Tano and Captain Rex. I'm guessing that there's going to be some sort of announcement, maybe like a clip from Star Wars Resistance, mm. something, right? This would be the perfect place to do that. I, th- I think so. It's possible. Do we... What? It's not Hall H, is it? No, like Ballroom it's not. Twenty or something. Yeah, it's not like a the fish taco place around the corner. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, I w- I hope they show a clip of Resistance, mm-hmm. but I s- could also see them not. Yeah. Wow. Because I feel like Clone Wars has uh, so risen in fans' esteem, mm-hmm. which I think it it should. That I wonder if there is would be a little bit of like remember when Star Wars was this way that we really, really like, and here's Resistance pushing into something new. I wonder if it would almost highlight people going like, ah, I want something more like Clone Wars. Mm, Yeah. That could be an opportunity. Because when I was looking at this story, the main thing I was thinking about is how much Clone Wars is a lesson of uh, give things a chance. Mm. Because that that movie, uh, as it was released, was awkwardly paced. Zero the Hut is a lot to take in. Uh, Ahsoka and Anakin's relationship starts out a little cutesy, and it mm. almost seems like uh, Ahsoka's going to fall into that pit of like the the sort of scrappy do character of like yeah. cute cute character who's uh, introduced to something to kind of give it life and it's not, <laughs> it's that's, not. And obviously that's not even remotely who Ahsoka turned yeah. out to be no she's uh, not Poochie yeah she is not <laughs> Poochie yeah she did not have to go back to her home planet well kind of, anyway uh, <laughs> so the uh, 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 in the whole the first season is a little rocky and has a little bit yep. of the parts of the prequels that people didn't like you know there's a little bit more battle droid wackiness and out of all of that grew this deep, rich mm. thing. 
Yeah, where that show ends up, and it, and I think it starts in a in a decent place. Absolutely, but, but there's definitely that movie. Yeah, that <laughs> when in when researching for Schmodowns, that movie is the one I. All right, let's do it. Um, <laughs> there's some great stuff in the beginning. The Christophus yeah. battle's great and everything, but yeah, you're right. This this grew into something so much more, and uh, I I would like to see just celebrated and and resistance. Yeah, you know, I don't think you're wrong, Jen. I just wonder if they what plans does Disney have to really put resistance out there for us. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they'll save it for a separate occasion. I do know that fans are saying, uh, especially <laughs> a small group are saying, we want more Clone Wars. You better bring an announcement that you're going to make more of them and finish the series and blah, 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 blah. So maybe the resistance would not be the right place to yeah. do that. Yeah. I think maybe the more comics, more books, fully fleshing out some of the stories because you know, there's mm-hmm. still a few that aren't fully, right. you know, Right. It'd be interesting. And I certainly hope Stephen Stanton is there as uh, Mieber Gascon. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Runaway hit of the Clone Wars animated series. Right. So Ron Bergman was a Star Wars fan as a kid, but when he grew up in Israel, there were no video stores. So his father smuggled a VCR and a pirated copy of Return of the Jedi, and Rom screened it for all of his friends. So he has been a Star Wars fan since back in the day. Working on Star Wars for him is obviously a dream come true. And he said that as far as a new trilogy, it's in the early stages. Uh, but they may release the first movie in two years. So that means 2020. I find hmm. this interesting. Uh, uh, this answer interesting because it doesn't seem like Lucasfilm has given them a hard and fast deadline, which yeah. I find surprising, right? They're kind of like, okay, go, go off and write it. When you're ready, let us know. <laughs> I just find that to be really, is that, just, am I reading into that? Or is it really just kind of like all in flux? Yeah, I think always in motion is the future uh, is maybe just on everybody's letterhead at Lucasfilm right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, I we, I just had get the sense that this was nothing, nothing was planned, right? This wasn't in development in 2013. There's no concept arts from uh, Doug Chang in, 2000, Chang in 2012. This was like, Go. The word "go" was the true launch point when they announced it with Ryan uh, mm-hmm. right before Last Jedi. So I think they've been working overtime, and the idea of it making 2020 seems daunting to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, movie production—you hire enough people, you can you can move along fast. Move along, move along. Um, so 2020 is not impossible in trying to predict this game of what comes that year. I think something will come out that year in the theaters. Right. That would make sense. They're working on it, but. I don't know that that's it. You know, you, you look at these movies, Joseph, they've, they've been in development while we were just wondering if there's going to be new star Wars. You yeah. Know? I mean, Ryan Johnson could be halfway through his script right now. I mean, right. He, right. I think probably not, but he could be, if he, he gets inspired and hits a good run, uh, he's not last Jedi has calmed down. So who knows? Um, but I, I do like, I like seeing this interview, which I think is from a couple weeks back, right? It's it, from a couple weeks back. Yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, uh, that seems all positive, all hands on deck. Right. Yeah, he's keep very it moving excited. forward. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I love in this interview that that the phrasing you used is also Rom's phrasing uh, that he got that bootleg copy of Return of the Jedi and he screened it. Yes, like all right, you are a film guy because yeah. you're like, <laughs> yes, when I was eight. <laughs> yeah, I screened it for the neighborhood. I screened kids. the VHS of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that was I had a showing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, this is very exciting. Okay, so we know Galaxy's Edge and its hotel is going to be an immersive experience for Star Wars fans, but this latest rumor will make 
guests feel like they are in that galaxy. Get ready to meet and mingle with Force Ghosts. <laughs> Disney has filed a yes. Can you imagine? Disney has filed a patent. This is a rumor uh, for technology where a floating 3D image may walk about and interact with guests. The display system would be configured to produce a floating image that can be large in scale and in many applications be visible to the viewer, not only in dark rooms or spaces, but also in more highly illuminated rooms or spaces. So whether it's holograms or the force ghosts of Yoda and Obi-Wan, this type of technology would use reflections of multiple mirrored surfaces, kind of like the Haunted Mansion, I believe, um, to give guests an experience straight out of Star Wars. I'm imagining that these holograms are going to be like in different points of the ride when you're waiting for like four hours. Yeah. It would give you something to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Something to talk to. I'm kind of scared. Scared? <laughs> by this technology. What are they? Wow. I'm impressed. Above, above all. Yeah. Impressed because I'm pretty sure they could pull it off and it's going to be mind blowing. But uh, it's that's freaky. The future yeah. is here. Yeah. No, I, 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 I want to be haunted by holograms and force ghosts. Oh, Disney, yeah. Man, bring it on. Uh, I, I think it's more likely that they're like holograms in world holograms. Because, yeah, yes. if you're in line for that Millennium Falcon ride, that's a great way to get people excited if you suddenly get a hologram of, you know, Cato Kokonix reminding you why oh this gosh. mission is important right. and all that narrative buildup of like, this is what you have to accomplish. Right. Uh, because that's what Disney does so well is build up. What, what is the story of this ride? Mm-hmm. And, it's like, ah, and then it's, you, it happens really fast and it's over. Um, <laughs> the force ghost is much, I can't <laughs> believe these words are coming out of my mouth. As much as I want to see a force ghost, it's just so weird to me of like, what you walk up to the, like the space churro stand that we yeah. keep talking about and it'll be one flickers into view. It's like, good choice. I like the cinnamon sticks as well. Like, <laughs> oh why would a force gosh. ghost be talking yeah. to a bunch of us in our shorts eating churros? <laughs> See, I'm, I, yeah, it either has to be just kind of off in the distance and part of the lines ride or really fully immersive and interactive as if like Mark Hamill himself goes and records a couple of sound bites and shows up and shows you the way. Yeah. The force ghost, oh, hey, yeah. You know? That might work. But yeah, I'm with you too. <laughs> like, you know, what do you, hello there. Do you have the turkey leg? Uh, oh, okay. I could see it in the hotels, like when you're yes. checking in. Oh, yeah. But it, it kind of reminds me of like Harry Potter <laughs> with like these ghosts like floating around. Yeah, well, you walk you know? in your room and there's Hamill in there as a force ghost. <laughs> Welcome. Get Welcome. out of here. <laughs> Leave. It's <laughs> oh, a gift. God. I brought you these toilets. <laughs> toilets. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> These shampoo bottles. They'll serve you well. <laughs> I'm excited for it. We don't know if it'll come to fruition, but they're, they filed that patent. So, so awesome. We'll see. I'm sure they will. Galaxy's Edge, we hope to be there and waiting in those five-hour lines with all of you. That is a look at the Star Wars news. We are going to be talking celebrations, but before we do, we do want to recommend an audiobook for you through Audible at audibletrial.com slash center. Joseph, this week's selection is... Uh, so- Ahsoka. I picked out Ahsoka because it's a book that we don't talk about as much. It's a great tie-in to the 10th anniversary of Clone Wars, and it is uh, great as we're talking about Maul because of his appearance in Solo. There's that little juicy bit of Maul canon in the beginning of the Ahsoka book that was going to be a part of uh, the Clone Wars show. Didn't make it in, but it's really fascinating. So if you're interested in Maul, if you're interested in the Clone Wars, and you haven't uh, read or listened to this book, go listen to it. I, uh, I I almost want to 
reread that book or re-listen to that book, yeah. and I might be able to do it here. Uh, and you can do it with us as well. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. Yeah, I want to dig into that mall stuff again, especially that mall has come back to life, so to speak, in the fandom on a big way, following Solo, like putting it all together and yeah. then finding out where Kira fits into that story potentially. Now. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. We'll see that. I can't wait for that. So check it out there, Force Center fans. And now it's time to get to our main topic. We are talking celebration in Star Wars. It's important, but what does it all mean? Joseph, let's celebrate. Yeah, let's celebrate. We thought, you know, this it was coming out uh, the 4th of July week here in America where we live and uh, it got me thinking about how we see celebrations in Star Wars. We see a few of them certainly in the movies, right? We see the medal ceremony, the uh, peace orb ceremony, <laughs> the Ewok party, and then kind of connected to the Ewok party, we see the montage of the fall of the Empire, which is a kind of party in a <laughs> rioting, celebrating kind of way. Uh, I would consider maybe, maybe, this is uh, controversial, mm. the Resistance gathers to watch Ray leave on the Falcon. Mm. Is bit, that a bit. celebration? Maybe a ceremony? Uh, the way those extra aliens are waving? Yes. Yeah, that's a celebration. <laughs> Ken loves the way Voberdan waves. <laughs> oh. um, the Caretaker Village Jamboree, as I'm choosing to call it. That's I in like the deleted it. scenes. Oh, yeah. I like it. Uh, the Naboo Festival of Light is a whole arc in the Clone Wars animated series. You got Life Day. You got Empire Day is a kind of celebration that no one wants to do. That gets <laughs> yeah. featured in uh, Rebels and the books. And I'm sure there are a bunch more in the books, uh, in the comics that I'm not even remembering. But yeah. there are a lot yeah. of celebrations. And I want to just start our conversation with, do you have a favorite out of all those or another and why? Ooh, you know what? I... Whew. Jennifer, I think we might know your answer. Yeah, I mean, come on. I so kind of when I was typing this question, on. I was like, "Why am I asking this question?" Yeah, why? <laughs> but so let's start with you. All right. Yes. Well, obviously, it's the Ewok party. <laughs> uh, it still makes me. Smile. Is that the Ewok party? Party. It makes me smile every time I see it. Um, in fact, I showed it to my daughter, which I was like, I shouldn't be showing her clips from the movie, but they're on YouTube. Why not? Uh, I want her to get the full experience. There is something just so joyous about seeing these little furry creatures hopping along, dancing, and then also, most importantly, seeing our heroes like hugging it out. That, to me, gets yes. me every single time that this is a true moment of celebration that these, these ragtag crew came together to fight the bad guys, and they won. And that is such an important thing. Anytime I watch a movie, I want to feel like we're going to triumph, like mm. my guys are going to triumph. Um, so that's why I love it. But I do love the caretaker's jamboree as well. That's pretty cool because that's like, <laughs> oh. that is, uh, I think, one of the biggest examples of just like a party that people, like, obviously it's like part yeah. of the culture. It's ceremonial up to a point, but yeah. it's just sort of like, this is what we do on Saturday. Oh yeah. my gosh. We get the F down. <laughs> And this is true celebration because, as we know, the male lanai, I think that's how it's pronounced, go away for a month and then they come back and then that's when they all gather to have this big celebration. So it's it's also... <laughs> the pirate nun hootenanny. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think on this list, you know, so I was going to go with uh, the medal ceremony. Yeah. At, at New Hope. And I think that's some of my favorite music. And all that kind of stuff. And there's great, uh, you know, ramifications and implications. Just, you know, we're celebrating our first big victory. We're handing out these medals, not to you, Chewie, later on, all that stuff. 
But that YouTube video where they remove the score <laughs> might have <laughs> undercut the scene for me. I will admit, I can't watch that now without thinking there's no music playing and they're just shuffling along oh. and it's awkward. Now, uh, the flip side is the, the Ewok one. They've done that with the video too where you have Lando clapping and it's yeah. pretty hilarious. Those are great clips. I, I do enjoy a little fun Star Wars parody <laughs> like that. I think over time, my favorite celebration is is the Ewok celebration. Oh, and good. the the I, I miss Yubnub. I really Me do. Too. But I do like the new cel- the new music, mm-hmm. and I like seeing the galaxy quote celebrate. Yeah, you know? yes. I think um, it is a celebration. It's, celebration. it's just a celebration where you don't want to be a stormtrooper. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah it is. Um, yeah. It is. It is. But uh, that I, there's something about that I like, where you go through all the planets that have been through the first. You know, you we're not at Hoth, not Wampas aren't celebrating. But you're going through it, Joseph, and you're just kind of seeing what the story meant to everybody in, in parts of the galaxy. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that, too. I think it's going to be a hat trick for the Ewok party. That's not how that <laughs> sports phrase goes. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, kind of. We're all going to pick the Ewok party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love the other ones, but the medal ceremony has that weight of knowing they're doing this quickly. Before they leave. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a weight to a lot of these that there's something more coming. And that Ewok party just has that sense of relief. Mm-hmm. Of we, I can't believe this happened. And, you know, I love the little shots where they're clearly telling each other stories from the battle. Mm. Like, I think it's Wedge yeah, in particular. Yeah, He's making yeah. that hand gesture yes, that looks exactly. like he's saying, like, I went for the North Power Regulator. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and then I got out of there. Yes. Yeah. But uh, along with it, there is a, just a little bit of sadness, of mm. like a little bit of melancholy, a little bit of relief. There's just so many emotions because it's not just like an awesome thing happened. It almost feels like the celebration you'd have when you get home from like the hospital. Mm. Yeah. And, like a surgery went well and like you just went through something. And it has that, that, and I love Yubnub, but the new song does have a little of those notes in it that's yeah. almost like, um, we are partying, but we're partying because something awful happened and we made it through right. the horror. And even of Luke, like, looking, yep. you know, I looking think- at the Force Ghosts and being like, yeah. You, you've all passed on. I couldn't. I couldn't save any of you. I couldn't bring any of you with me. I mean, he saved yeah. Anakin, obviously. But you know, I, I think that moment with Luke brings uh, brings really brings that home. The emotional core is Luke kind of looking over mm. the the flap on his tunic, kind of flapped down, yeah. and, and he's just kind of he's smiling. And I think he feels good, but it's just like whew, took a lot to get us there. I in that thing, in that moment think he's reflecting even back to Hoth and Tatooine and uh, all the adventures now in the comics that we know. I think he's looking back in that moment, like uh, and the music, the new music does work really yeah, well. Yeah, everything that brought in there. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the Return of the Jedi novelization, mm-hmm. or maybe it's in the picture book. I don't remember where this lodged itself in my brain, but there's some depiction of that scene that has the prose that Leia comes to get him because he's staring off into space and she says she turns him back to the group and brings him back into their warm embrace. Ah. And that idea too, that like, well, he could be haunted and all of us could be haunted by what happened. But Leia brings him back and it's like, right. We have a group photo op with Lando. Come on. (laughs) Right. No, (laughs) we do. And, and like you took the peace orb celebration and I didn't, no, I had this many thoughts on celebrations. <laughs> so this is a great topic you picked. The Peace Orb celebration is comically entertaining. To it, it comically, it's just it's it's the music. I actually like the music, the the, the marching band of the Gungans. I I wish George f- brought a little bit more of the foreboding 
in when you're seeing the cast of characters. Because yeah. I do like there's the Peace Orb's silly, but it's it's Boss Nass, and I do like it. But when you're looking at Padme, and you're looking at now Anakin's got his little new haircut, yeah. and Obi-Wan, and they're all kind of looking at each other, we know what's about to happen. Even in 99 as a fan, you knew, oh, stuff's about to go down. Yeah. Right. I wish uh, some of the music and moments reflected that. In, oh, in like moment. it just had a little bit more of that under, yeah. Like, hey, we're good. This yeah. guy's going to kill everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah, Lucas doesn't let the irony in in the music, and we know it's there, because like in A New Hope, we know that they still have a lot to go through, but they truly succeeded. That was a true victory. Right. And this was like, it's nice that the Naboo and the Gungans realize they're a symbiote circle and they're going to work together. That's nice. Everything else that happened here is prelude to horror. <laughs> yeah. And we, the fans, know that. Yeah, that's why I had a difficult time when I saw... I like the Peace Orb ceremony. I love the music. It is I fun. think it's great. But I remember watching that go in the theater going... I can't truly be joyous because I know that bad stuff is gonna is gonna happen. Whereas Return of the Jedi, you know, as I got older and I learned, oh, there's there's more films. This is the last installment in this trilogy, mm-hmm. and there were no new Star Wars movies on the horizon. It's like, hooray! This is a truth. The, the, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the rebels won. This is it. Peace in the galaxy. The end. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, so obviously now when I watch the scene, there's a little bit of a different weight because we know what's what's coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. as a kid, it was very joyous. I, I want to ask a little bit how you feel about the kind of celebration in The Force Awakens because obviously we have the medal ceremony in New Hope. Mm-hmm. George is really doing his poetry with the, the peace orb ceremony, visually similar, all of that. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about Force Awakens trying to have a little bit of that sense of ceremony of Ray could have just walked off. It could have just been Leia saying goodbye to her. But the whole resistance gathered to watch Ray take the baton on this storied ship and go find the hero, the hope. Everyone but Poe. Yeah, everyone but Poe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> he was busy sewing that jacket yeah. right yeah. then. Well, I, re- I really like it. It seems it's smaller scale and it's noticeably s- smaller scale. But I, I liked it. There was a sense of warmth to that end yeah. and to Ray's purpose for going there. Um, what happens later, I actually, we, we know we, I, I, I love, but it's the after the celebration moment. I think we'll talk a little bit about later. Yeah. But, but at that moment, it is, it is like we're, this is just beginning and our hope lies in this mission this person's going on. Yeah. You know, and there's something, I, that, that movie needed that. Yeah. Do you like it, Jennifer? Or did you want more? Did you want less? No, I think it was just the right amount because you can't have too much of a celebration because then it won't flow into the end of the movie as well. I yeah. Feel. You know what I mean? When she goes to, to meet Luke. So I, I just feel like it was just the right amu- amount. And I think for mar- uh, modern Star Wars audiences, m- martyr- modern movie going audiences, having that kind of like over the top, hey, everything is great. I don't think that we buy into that as much anymore. In, in, in 1980s freeze frame with Rodney Dangerfield dancing, we're yeah. not going to accept anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, yeah. I, mean, so, I still like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the right, the right amount of, but also the weight of what this mission, everyone recognizes what, what is about to be happening. So they're hopeful but they're scared. Yeah, yeah, and obviously Han just died, and, and it, it seems to me like it's Leia continuing to know that people need ceremony, yes. and they need that, like, look, we are still fighting. Everything is still moving in the right direction. Mm. His oh, yeah. boards the Falcon. Uh, no, that's a great point, that, that Leia's a leader would be like, we still need this. We need to get moving. She's resistant to the Han funeral idea in the Last Jedi novel. It's yeah. Akbar who's like, nah, you know, ironically, like, let's pause for this person's death. <laughs> um, so I think it, Leia does fall into her leadership. Yeah. yeah. 
Cool. Uh, what do you feel like we learn about the characters by seeing them celebrate uh, in general for any of the celebrations and, and by seeing what they choose to celebrate? What does it tell you about the heroes? I think what they understood about the cost of victory and, and, and pausing, and that's why I kind of like both Luke looking off into the sunset going, oof, this cost a lot. Yeah. This cost me a lot. And I love Wedge talking to Nine Numb going, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you kind of need both emotions in those such situations, particularly if you go through something, you know, I've never been in war, but, you know, that, that, that connection, that brotherhood, that sisterhood, that some kind of purging of emotions. Yeah. It goes both ways, both directions. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Jennifer? When I think of the Ewok celebration, the caretaker jamboree, and then the life day, celebration. <laughs> I think what I love about them is that it shows me the culture. We get to see the, yeah. the caretakers in their natural habitat, how they choose to celebrate, how the Ewoks choose to celebrate, you know, pounding on the stormtrooper's tro- helmet. Yeah. How these Wookiees wear these these red Snuggie robes, you know, and, and have these <laughs> orbs. Like that to me is what reminds me that this is this is not our world. They're going to obviously celebrate in a different way. Yeah. It, right. It's like a little window into that. And that's yeah. why I like it. But, but it does reflect on re- real world stuff when you were talking about, about cultures. Yeah. You know, exactly you know, right. Yes, exactly. Absolutely does, and yes. that's that's fascinating. I, I, uh, you know, one of my ex girlfriends was Salvadorian, and would go to go to her family and see how they prepare food and how it's you know know the family's going to gather around. And it's different than you know my Russian family. It's a lot different. You know, right. I do love that, and I love that it just kind of reflect on these characters, and, and we do learn from them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think George Lucas always had this this interest in anthropology mm-hmm. of you know how how people communicate who they are through their ceremony, through their dress, through their language, all that. And it seems like uh, when you read interviews with him, sometimes one of his frustrations is I can't dig into that mm-hmm. enough. Right. Like it seems like I would love it if he would just went back. It's like, here's a, here's a documentary yeah. about <laughs> how different cultures celebrate. But like the is as challenging as the Peace Orb scene is, that was uh, about the Gungans and the Naboo coming together. And the Gungans are like, here's how we celebrate. Yeah. We hold balls in the air. We, yeah, and, and it's and, and it's, it's not that different than your festival of light. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, so we we are the same. You must see it. You're a symbiote circle. Um, it, but it's interesting. I think that's a little weighted, powerful moment to see the Gungans up on the surface celebrating with with their music and their style in in Theed City. Yeah, they're that's writing big. their their fambas and falumpasets yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I like all of what you're saying. I like that. Uh, War is not taken lightly. I think that's important to me because the medal ceremony in A New Hope can become a joke of like, okay, let's do this real quick, real yep. slowly, real solemn, and then let's run. Yeah, <laughs> like right. Just time-wise. But that knowing that like we have to take that moment. Mm-hmm. And it, that's like a big moment if you think of it in terms of like the narrative of Star Wars of the rebellion of like, we need to convince everybody that they should fight, that this is worth fighting. So it's not like they are giving an award to... Leia and General Jando Donna, the people who've been in the battle, right. they give it to not only these heroes of the rebellion, but these brand new heroes of the rebellion mm-hmm. who just joined and just chose to fight. And like, what kind of, you know, communication is that to the galaxy of like, right? You, we need to take time to celebrate this because this is what it's going to take. Yeah, joy, joy is part of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I think <laughs> it, that's really cool about it is to see that contrast that what is the light side? Like, well, it's community. It's unity. Uh, it's yeah. taking time to get to know people, get to know their culture, talk yeah. to them. And like Revenge of the Sith with George's poetry, you know, it doesn't end with an Ewok dance party. It doesn't end with a, a fun cocktail party that the Empire's having. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it ends with three <laughs> evil people silently watching 
yeah. a machine of death being built. It, That's their party. If the Empire was to have a medal ceremony, Palpatine, Tarkin, and Vader would get them. Yes. Like, <laughs> congratulations <laughs> to us on leading all of you. <laughs> you fools. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, Ken, you brought this up when we're talking about yeah. this conversation about what happens after the celebration. Yeah. And like that could be the literal day after the cleanup. Like, what is that like? <laughs> uh, and when like the Ewoks are like, uh, could you, uh, could you guys pick this confetti yeah. up for yeah. God's sake? The master of genitation, uh, genitation, <laughs> the master of sanitation uh, with the janitors, the Ewoks. Right? Yeah, I love yeah. it. I could see that actually as part of the Ewoks cartoon uh, that they're having to clean up after the big celebration. Uh, but actually, I don't want to see that. On yeah. screen. You don't ever want to see? No, no. Let's you don't want to see like a, a hungover uh, rebel officer going through and checking each <laughs> space can to see if it's empty? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, unless it has something to do with the, the arc of the story, which I think would be conflicting. You guys are the writers, so I defer to you. <laughs> but, you know, the whole thing is that you get to the climax. You yeah. don't know if your heroes are going to succeed. Right. And then they somehow succeed and there's a party. Yeah. But then if you have now, <laughs> they have to clean up. It's just awkward. It's like driving through Pasadena the day after the Rose Bowl parade. Oh, yes. you know? yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. We just want so, our city back. <laughs> so that's fun to think of. I'd love to see it yep. sometime if there's a narrative reason to see yeah. it. Uh, but I think, Ken, you were talking about the the bigger, about like how much, like Jennifer was saying, the Return of the Jedi celebration is different when you know yeah. they have to get up and continue to face challenges. It is a part of the way George you know, presents the original trilogy, not knowing that anything else was left to come. Like Jennifer said, it, it's this natural, wonderful end. It's a fairy tale. George mm-hmm. wants his happy endings to these fairy tales. Lawrence Kasdan does not at times, or he wants big chunks out of the celebrations taken in death. Um, <laughs> but I think it's important as the story moves on to to see what happened next. And I think it affects the way we look a little bit at the sequel trilogy, the way we look at the aftermath series of books by Chuck Wendig, which, uh, you know, we win, the good guys win, but then the next day, it's not just, uh, you know, Ewok janitors cleaning up. It is, the story still goes on, and the government doesn't just grab some new robes and, and emblems and sit down and go, yay, now everything's good. And I think we look at what happened to Han, Leia, Luke. That they, I, you know, they turned Luke into a pessimist. No, there was this 30 years of weight of... As, as Luke himself said, we thought we got into power, we, we won, the good guys won, and then it was still hard, and yeah. we still failed. And the battle, in a lot of ways, still goes on because that's life. Um, and I think that's important. And I, and I because Star Wars has so many celebrations, when you brought this up and I was thinking about it, it does have a lot of celebrations. But we have to remember, you still have to deal with the reality of these fictional characters as they go on. The yeah. next morning does come. Yeah, I, I think it's just kind of a uh, a choice that Star Wars has made in order to keep telling story tales is that it's not going to be uh, a fairy tale where it's going to be everybody's going to live happily ever after. Right. It's going to be uh, a reflection of reality where they have true victories. Huge Return of the Jedi is still beautiful. It's a huge victory. Yeah. And the galaxy is a better place for many, many years. Yeah. But there still continue to be challenges. Jennifer, what do you think about that? Uh, do you feel like Return of the Jedi still has that special place in your heart? or Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to what? As opposed to, I, I know there's some people like, well, the sequel trilogy, knowing that Han and Leia broke up and, mm. and Luke you know, started another Jedi temple, but it failed. Um, 
Right, And right. I mean, that's not yeah. new because that's in the EU. They went on to have challenge after challenge. I mean, that's life. Yeah. And that's what, that's why I love the sequel trilogy so much. That's why I loved seeing Luke feeling despair and feeling like he failed because when I'm in my twenties having these triumphs, I'm like, ha, life is awesome. <laughs> Things are just going to go great for me. And then it's like, you have a life happens to you. Bad things happen to you. And you're like, but what makes a hero, what makes a great story is how do we then bounce back from that and use that tragedy to triumph? Yeah. That to me is why it's like this whole, the whole arc of this, these films. And so I can't wait to see how episode nine films. If it doesn't end well, well, then we'll have to talk about yeah. that as some counseling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just part of that natural thing. And I think, I think it's, not everyone, not everyone. Uh, and if you're listening and you, it's not you, it's not you. Um, I think they look at you know, the sequel trilogy and they're like, I, I don't know. I don't know what they wanted. Like they wanted between Jedi and Force Awakens, just Luke becomes super successful, opens up the Harry Potter school of Jedi wizardry. And, and that's not going to go well. We know yeah, from Harry Potter. Yeah. Right, yeah right. <laughs> Has 50 students and a new armada of Jedi and, a, and Han is, you know, and is the king with the Leia and she's a queen now. I like, I, 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 I get it. But but I I love where we pick up because it's that's the big challenge is oh right, we're gonna tell new Star Wars stories what's happened in thirty years is it all peace and prosperity yeah and some pirates come up and steal some things and that's our conflict no it needs to be of a large scale so what happened and complacency infighting the political infighting mm-hmm. the centrists versus the populists Mothma and Leia not getting along Leia at times being considered a, a warmonger because she actually saw this threat when she was all about peace but she's like yeah. we can't we can't lay can't lay Leia just be civil right. like right. no she's worried about yes. this right. exactly about, you know saving people from suffering and pain suffering and pain and then and then, and then Luke you know uh, repeats some patterns and falls on some things and Yoda still has to come and bop him on the head <laughs> and go you're, st- you're 64 but you still haven't learned that lesson. Yeah. All of it rolls into one. And that's what I that's what I mean when about the post celebration. It's good to have them, but it's good to deal with the aftermath. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And now I think that there are people who just like, hey, is entertainment? I need sometimes things that are just fairy tales. And I, I saw a Twitter that's discussion right. where they're just very mature, just like I like Star Wars when it was a fairy tale, because I need that sometimes. Sure. And I think that's just a fine choice. But I think as people who live inside the Star Wars bubble, mm-hmm. I love the reality that Star Wars is reflecting reality more. Yeah. You know, and I think about that Mr. Rogers documentary again, that yeah. has some great stuff about like, mm. he wonders how much of a difference he made. And he has like those moments of doubt and people are like, you made a difference. And he's like kind of implying like, but some things are still bad. And I was hoping mm. that the kids would remember all these right. things I taught them. And like, no, Mr. Rogers, we still need you. We need you. It was great that you did that, and we need more people to do that and keep fighting the good fight. What do you think? I'm going to come out with a laser sword and my slippers <laughs> and fight the entire First Order? I wish he would. It'd be so cool. Uh, anyway, let's talk, because we're, we're getting near that in our conversation anyway, about celebration in Episode Nine. Yeah. There is that big question of how Episode Nine will go. Do we want a happy ending? Do we want a big, joyous celebration jennifer you were saying that maybe audiences aren't up for staring at the camera clapping <laughs> drumming dancing with weird furry little creatures probably not God, man, except for me I, no i want to see i want to see uh porgs asking to be juggled by chewbacca i want <laughs> celebration delightful yeah i 
I think we need a celebration. I think we need a celebration. That's why we're doing this episode. We need some 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 joy in our lives, especially with what's happening in the world. So, and also for our heroes in these stories. I think it'd be really hard if it ends with on an ominous tone. And it would also then kind of be confusing. Right. Well, well, what's happening? We don't even know when the next films are coming out. Mm. So I think it does have to have some sort of closure yeah. um, on these stories. I hope that there's a big party in some way. Yeah. With quirks. I mean, that's just like also just uh, vote for how much you care about Star Wars poetry, Star Wars rhythm. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you want to come back to that moment of ecstatic yeah. celebration? I think Last Jedi, it's not a party by any means, but it has that sense of community on the Falcon. It does, yeah. It's one of my favorite things mm. to watch now that I can watch it at home is to pause and see who exactly is talking to who and yeah. about what and what, are, what you know memories from their adventures are they sharing you know and nine numbs there again going man this is this is a pretty good party I, we had a good one in endor yeah good one i lived again yeah <laughs> this is crazy i survived even above akbar yeah so what do you think do you want a big celebration ken uh, yeah actually kind of now that i think about it I, I i want one uh even like jedi with a little bit more modern filmmaking style no rodney right. dangerfield freeze frames but uh, you know whatever happens to ray i want there to be a cost i love the end of Return of the King, including the appendices that, that Peter Jackson put in there. Uh, I know it, it's a joke that you know, goes on. There's 12 endings. I love it because we got to see a little bit of that. Do I want to fade out, fade up five years from now? No, I don't want that. But there, the point of the Return of the King one is there's, a again, a wait. That Frodo's like, I got through this, but I'm not of this world anymore. I'm too far this affected by it. I can't. There is no normal. The new normal is set in, and and I can't go back to the pub and and drink a pint the same way again. Yeah. I want that kind of feel to whatever the celebration is for Ray and and some of those characters. Yeah, I feel like what we're saying about like Return of the Jedi is that a little bit of that mood is there if you want to mm-hmm. find it and want to interpret it that way. I would love for that to be explicit, since I think the sequel trilogy is uh, going uh, uh, making things a little bit more real for the characters. Yeah, it would be great if maybe whatever happens, maybe Ray is like, "Why are we having a party?" Mm, yeah. Or maybe even somebody says that to Ray. You know, what a, one character says to the other, "Why are we having a party now?" Look at everything that we lost. Look at everything we still have to do, and have just have someone reaffirm of like, when yeah. good things happen, we celebrate. That is, yeah, that's what we fight for. Like, I mean, it could risk being really cheesy, but if it was done the right way and just explicitly said a reminder of like, this isn't the end of the battle, but this is a moment of victory and let's celebrate it. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be great. And I, yeah, I want a lot of crazy celebrating. I want them porgs to be flying. <laughs> <laughs> Porg tossing. <laughs> I want... <laughs> step right up, step right up. Toss your porgs, win a prize. It's like cornhole, but with porgs. <laughs> <laughs> that is what this galaxy needs. Would you guys like to see more official holidays and ritual celebrations, things more like Life Day and the Caretaker Village Jamboree? Do you want to see more of those kind of moments in Star Wars storytellings? Yeah, I actually would like somewhere or another, maybe not in episode nine, uh, some kind of official version of Life Day, some kind of new mm-hmm. canonized yeah. version of, uh, even if it's just a reference, but a little more than just a throwaway line in a book or something like that. You know, like, let's make that official. Yeah. Le- I'm not saying Leia has to sing. 
Just <laughs> make it official a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? I love that. I want updated life day. But I also, when we get our, our Leia Princess of All drawn uh, prequel movie, uh, <clears throat> I would love to see <laughs> some dinner parties that Bray Organa Ooh. throws. Oh, yeah. I imagine like these grand dinner parties or these grand balls or something. But they're kind of like, there's a lot of subtext going on and, you know, the pol- the politics side of things oh, yeah. happening and juicy. And I think it could be really great with some great costumes. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's that's a great example of another kind of celebration. I didn't think of how many dinners there are in Leia, Princess of Alderaan that yes. are exactly like that in, in the book. Right. Yeah. I would love to see an actual holiday special. I think it can yeah. be done. Uh, it's, yeah. You know, you could easily find a way to tell that story and maybe even still have a little bit of that element of a variety show. It'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think that there are events that we as fans know happened in the history of this galaxy that you would like to see characters celebrate? Like, would you like to see uh, somebody have a little Jin Erso day party because that's something that we find out has become a celebration. Yeah. Or like the, yeah, yeah the Battle of Scarif Memorial Day type of thing. Yeah. That, that'd be interesting. I'd like that. Even just birthdays, you know? Yeah. Right. I was there for Han's 40th. You know, what does that mean on those levels? It's functional. That's why I, I, I you know, do love, you know, when George R. Martin creates this wonderful world and you have name days and you, have, you do have that kind of like... Yeah that kind of tra- translation over from the real world. You know, I, li- I like that. I think I, I, Han's birthday. I want that book. You want, you want Han's birthday, the novel. Well, he probably doesn't know exactly when it, well, he might know he when might. his birthday yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. approximate. It's, yeah. He, he his your guesstimate day. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they have like the ridiculous holidays, like cupcake day, pizza day. Do they have those kind of like mundane holidays? Intergalactic pizza day. Yeah, yeah. That is a question of how much the uh, whole, whole net is out of control. Right. Like in the books, they've really established, like they have TV shows, yeah. right? And they have news programs and personalities. So right. like, mm-hmm. yeah, do they have like, I, a, yeah. Uh, I can see that in Dr. Affer or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I know they have those Not, weird journalist personalities. Yes, yes. They're kind of like these gossip columnists or something. Intergalactic Tuca Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I like it. Yeah, Petituca Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see more of that. I think I like that the books in the animated series flesh out some of the more mundane details. Mm-hmm. I would love to see uh, that happen in there. Would you ever want to go to a Jedi party during the prequel era? Do you think that would be fun? Oh, the face Jennifer is making. I don't think it'd be fun at all. <laughs> that's, that's why I want to go. Oh my gosh, I think it'd be so boring. <laughs> that's exactly why. Because you know that's, that's, I think we're thinking of the same party, Jennifer. <laughs> if you go to like some some gathering at someone's house and it's just a bunch of people looking into their drink cups. Yeah. Standing around. Standing, standing around, around politely. No laughter. Uh-huh. No excitement. <laughs> no motion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I made pizza rolls. Anyone want to come around? I microwaved them. Uh, no? Okay. So-and-so brought 12 bags of chips, like, and it's 9 o'clock and it's time to go. Right. Yeah. I want to go to that party very much because I think Yoda would be the one who remembers, like, oh, no, mm-hmm. there's a reason we fight for the light. We need to celebrate. And, like, Yoda's the one who would, like, Right. Put on music and try to get a dance started. Oh yeah. my goodness! <laughs> and Mace Windu would just have his arms crossed and just like, no. I'm not dancing. I, I think like Kit Fisto is the guy that shows up late and everyone kind of holding out for him. Oh yeah! Like when Fisto's here, <laughs> the party begins. Okay. Or maybe Fisto's like people don't want to go because like hey, you know that guy who just smiles <laughs> for no reason. No reason. He's just like I mean I'd rather just have a real serious conversation yeah. with Mace in the corner than. Yeah. Weird old Kit Fisto just walk out up to me and just like, hey, 
smiling. I, oh I used my to, gosh. Uh, one of my, my real best friends, he's like my brother. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, very familiar and part of his family in this way. And like for a long time, would be like, cool, I'm going to go, uh, I'll go over to your house for 4th of July or something like that. I get over there and it's all his wonderful relatives, his grandmas, his grandpas, his aunts and uncles. And we would just like sit around talking about traffic. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to sell the car. And I finally, one day, I, thought, I was like, I can't go anymore, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I think that'd be the prequel parties. Yeah. Oh, my Mace gosh. just be like, I don't yes. know, the traffic lane's getting here. Of course, it's getting worse. We'll talk about it during the actual council. But yeah, I think all the conversations are dead into it. We'll talk about it at the we'll actual council. But uh, I could see myself getting cornered by Yaddle. And yeah. then I'm too polite <laughs> to like se- separate myself. Right. She would, she's just so off, odd, and like just yeah, you know, yabbering on about whatever. <laughs> And yeah. then finally, I'm like, oh, I think I see someone over there. Uh, so great talking yeah. with you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yaddle's, Yaddle's the relative that just starts like, well, you know what Pete said. And you're like, I don't know who Pete is. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, yeah. And what what are you, Yaddle? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> just trying. I know it's a rude question, so I don't want to yeah, ask. But ask. what what species? You uh, and Yoda. Do you, did you guys date? Are you siblings? What's, <laughs> what's the story? Uh, let me tell you about that. Oh, boy. There's another 30 minutes. Yeah. I do want to go to the planning parties, though, because oh, okay. I, I, you know, get obsessive about planning things and making sure they're organized. And I yeah. think that would be the real party is when all the Jedi get together with all of their rules and their rituals. And like this form of dancing will be allowed. But this form of dancing is yeah. too close to the dark side. And who is going to bring the chips? And like, oh I would love gosh. to go to the Jedi party planning event. The Jedi party committee. Yeah. Is the fan art we need. Yeah. Of what five Jedi do we think would be on the party committee? <laughs> like an episode of The Office, particularly Office UK. Yeah. I think that's what we need. Super beautiful and awkward. It's like an HOA <laughs> meeting. I'm just now realizing that committee would be like an HOA yeah. meeting. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we'll bring it back to some joy here as we wrap up. Uh, obviously, in the real world, there are all these jokes, stereotypes, some of them born out of truth, dangers. Uh, associated with holidays, and as the 4th of July is coming up, of course, you, you have all of the uh, the stereotypes that come out of some truth of people injuring themselves with fireworks, blowing their hands off in a very Star Wars-like way, uh, eating just a bunch of gross hot dogs, your uncle gets drunk at the barbecue, and he's going on about being a true patriot while he has super tight American flag shorts wrapped <laughs> around his butt, all these stereotypes and weirdness. If you were at a party in the Star Wars galaxy... What kind of things like that would you be afraid of? Of like, uh, this is going to happen again at the Star Wars party. Depends on the era. Yeah. yeah. Prequel era, Uncle Boss Nass. <laughs> he's nice. He's harmless. He's going to spit on you. I mean, he's going to spit on you. He's going <laughs> to... <laughs> Did you try the Ronto burgers? Yeah. A little bit of that. Jar Jar might hurt himself on the grill. Oh, yeah. A little bit of that. I think... <laughs> what is Jar Jar going to tongue? Yeah. <laughs> Original trilogy would be like, oh, I got locked in a conversation with Wedge. I don't even know the technical terms he's talking about. Prequel <laughs> uh, era lightsaber injuries, for sure. Yeah. Someone mm-hmm. gets a little tipsy, and before you know it, an arm is cut off. For sure. You know, they're waving their lightsaber around on the dance floor. Uh, and then, of course, if I were invited to an Ewok dinner party, I'd be concerned that Ooh. I might be the meal. Yes. <laughs> I got the invite. It didn't give me a plus one. Is that because I'm the meal? Yeah, they're asking what meat I prefer. Right. And it might be me. Right. They're, they're sending me a basket of things to eat to pretend, you know, potentially season me. Yes. 
Yeah, if you're going to a Star Wars party, you should always check vegetarian, just in case that means they're going to eat you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was just going to say, what is the meat? I didn't think about the fear of being oh, uh, yeah. being the meat, but also you just you walk into it and there's so much different species eating. You're like, what is this? It's, right. It smells delicious, but do I know this person <laughs> who's rolling on the spit? Uh, yeah, and I think my biggest one is just railings. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. gosh. like depending on where the party is, it's probably going to be somewhere high. Yeah, it's probably going to be above a volcano for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> no railings for you. Just trust in yourself. Yeah, I don't have absolutely. that much trust in myself at a party. The sequel trilogy party era. I don't know. It just might be just I just wouldn't feel safe. Like you don't have time to party yet. Yeah, yeah. we're not there yet. <laughs> no. Can we wait? Yeah. Hold back. Is, is Kylo coming? Did anybody? Yeah. Nobody. Kylo doesn't know about this party, does he? Is yeah. there a tracker on this party? And it's like. Well, there's a lot of people leaving this party. Is it Irish goodbyes or is the supremacy shooting our party buses? <laughs> it's too soon. Too soon. Yeah. And you, I super don't want to see Hux drunk at a party. Oh, no. Oh, the oh, yelling. Yeah. So this bad. punch on which I'm holding. <laughs> we will limbo. So oh, that's Armitage. <laughs> our look at celebrations, the good and the bad, but mostly the good because you always need some good while you're fighting evil. Oh, uh, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for leading that, Joseph. I didn't think I had that many thoughts on Star Wars celebrations, the yeah. actual, <laughs> literal Star Wars celebrations, but there they are. What are your guys' thoughts? Let us know. We'll tell you where at the end of the show you can reach us. And we're going into audience questions. We do love audience questions. And our first one comes from Twitter and Jared Kozal at Jay Kozal. Jared is, uh, uh, along with uh, Colleen, one of the two people that helped me with the Star Wars rank stuff on the website uh, cataloging uh, my rankings so thank you Jared uh, he says this in solo Rio Durant says you've never been to a Minoc roast on Ardinia it's nuts what is a Minoc roast on Ardinia like like what is why is it nuts what brave soul looked at a Minoc and decided not only do I want to roast that let's make, make a big party out of it hashtag speculate responsibly and it falls into our theme <sighs> doesn't sound like something I want to eat Joseph but <laughs> what's your thoughts on Ardinia and Minoc roasts. Yeah, you know, I, there's something about Rio who seems like he's so daring. I like the idea that maybe a Minoc uh, roast is not just like a normal roast, but it's it's a challenge. Like yeah. that Ardinians know Minocs are gross. So it's almost <laughs> more like this dare of like, let's go in some wet, damp cave. Let's hunt them. Let's uh, roast them. Let's see how many you can eat <laughs> without throwing up. Right. I think it's this really challenging, exciting event. That's why it's nuts. Yeah, Jennifer. I imagine it's like a big party in Italy where it's just like so crazy and fun and there's wine everywhere. But the actual like Minoc roasting part, I think of like the crab boils, mm. right? Where you put those potatoes in there. Yeah. Is, that, is it crab or is it lobster? I'm not from, I don't know. But I've seen them with these big pots where they put all these seafood in, in it. Yeah. It looks absolutely delicious. Yeah. I think it'd be so much fun. When I heard him say that line, I was like, please, someone show us. Give it to us in a comic, a book, anything. A Forces of Destiny oh, episode. A Forces of yeah. Destiny episode. Yeah, but I, for me, a Minoc seems like that thing. Like I, I was a fan during the Golden Age, and still kind of, of, of the show Survivor, and I always thought, oh, oh I'd yeah. love to go on Survivor. That'd be kind of fun. Um, but it was the food that got me. You know, when they're, when Jeff Probst like, you must eat blute, and it's like a half-cooked bar. I, no. Oh, is it like Fear Factor? That type of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I'm not an adventurous eater, so when he was like, Minoc roast. I'm like, oh, that can't be. 
and I'm sure you know Rio's tearing in with those sharp teeth oh, that he yeah. likes. Yeah, uh, it's like my my dad, uh, you know, born born over in uh, in Austria, actually Russian on the way out of uh, the country. Loves just he, my grandma and grandpa taught him to eat every part of the chicken. Every part possible. And I grew up just like, no, no, I don't even want bones in my chicken. So I have that kind of reaction. That's what I thought. And as far as it nuts, I think, yeah, because I I don't think, I think the Minox are probably like still, you have to like trap them. I think there's some, like you might lose a hand. That's the nuts going in. Yeah. I mean, you try to roast them in an electronic device. They're going to try to suck the (laughs) power out of it. Right. You know, it's nuts. Uh, thank you, Jared, for that very fun uh, conversation starter that fits into our theme today. KT Bowie at KT underscore Bowie on Twitter asks, what new content are you most looking forward to being released to hold you over until episode nine? Episode nine, December 2019. We've got some time, Jennifer. Yeah. What are you looking for? I'm looking forward to Star Wars Resistance. I'm looking forward because unlike Rebels, I am going to start from the beginning and I'm going to watch it every week so I don't miss out on some great storytelling. I'm also excited because I'm kind of hoping that I might be able to show my daughter a little bit of it if it's not too uh, mature. So yeah, I'm optimistic. Can't mm-hmm. wait. Okay. Joseph? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm most excited for the album that Hot Thrawn and Anakin are going to drop. I yeah. think that's going to be amazing. Uh, I think Resistance is really exciting because it looks like it is really going to try to be something fresh and different, at least in the visual tone. And speaking to exactly what you were saying, it's kind of exciting when it's that it's coming out in a slightly calmer time. Exactly. So I think the whole Star Wars fan community might be able to pay more attention to it. Yes. Like It was often hard for us to all stay caught up on Rebels, even Ken and I, mm-hmm. to have it be like built into a regular part of like Force Center discussion. But there's a part of me that's like, hey, maybe uh, maybe we can really stay up to date with Resistance and be a bigger part of our fandom. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Resistance for a lot of different reasons. One of them just to start getting the, the story between 6 and 7, but closer towards 7 kind of mm. filled out. Yeah, the know? picture of what is that battle between the First yeah. Order and Resistance before it bl- blows wide open in yeah. Force Awakens. Uh, we got a lot of stuff in the books there. I, I'm looking forward to the new batch of books that have not been announced yet. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, uh, I'm still waiting because I, I really do believe we're going to get a Padme novel. I I reasonably believe that the cover art was designed and and I'm 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 looking forward to that and new new books Will Joseph and I get our Dooku book? We don't know. That's right. We just might have <laughs> to write it. And then, of course, you know, with the streaming service and everything coming around the time of episode nine, I mean, yeah, before. Fall. Fall. Yeah, so I think it'll be really be leading in. That's yeah. going to be amazing because it's going to yeah. be something that we've all wanted for a long time and never truly had that Star live Wars action. at our fingertips yeah. in our homes. Um, that, that's interesting to me. So that kind of stuff there, too. And then, yep. Just counting down to episode nine. Yeah. There. All right. We're going to Patreon, and you can ask us questions on Patreon. We like to take a, a couple each episode. We guarantee it. And this is from Mark Magaha. This is a deep one here. All right. Do you think creators like Chuck Wendig, for example, should engage the worst part of fandom on social media? Or do you think it just encourages the toxic elements by giving them more attention and in some ways legitimizing their views by giving them a greater audience that they may not have otherwise had? So this is kind of a... a topic of the day not yeah. just today but the last couple months um this is we've seen this happen and we've seen creators lash out or get frustrated and then we've seen other people 
attack lash out lash of them back, lash back the attack of the lashbacks it's <laughs> it, there's no maybe true right or wrong answer here to joseph it's complicated but it's also i think it's important to address in some way what do you think yeah i think this is a this is a yoda in the prequel era meditate on this i must kind of answer and, and i mean that uh, every time yeah because I, I think it is a a different decision every time mm-hmm. i think sometimes something is being said in a part of fandom that the rest of fandom needs to know that this is being said mm-hmm. because you can't fight back against something ugly unless it's exposed. Right. So I think there are instances where you have to let people know. Like um, I've had interactions with friends who just like don't like the sequel trilogy in a normal I don't like that movie way, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that there's a portion of yeah. online discussion that the dislike of the sequel trilogy is extremely sexist. Mm-hmm. And like I've had friends who don't really realize that I'm saying things that are playing into an argument that I didn't want to support. Right, right, And like right, that right. to me is an example of like, you need to raise awareness of that. Mm-hmm. And other times I think sometimes we, we're we giving a dumb thing more oxygen than it needs. Yeah. And I think there's not a, a right or wrong. It's an every time, every incident, you make that decision for yourself. Is anyone on social media, whether yeah. you have a large audience or not, you yeah. choose to rebroadcast something. Yeah, case by case basis is a very underrated approach from my point of view. Yeah, says uh, somebody who's been involved with law enforcement in <laughs> various ways. Case by case, case right? by case basis is really it's it's lost a lot. But but Jennifer, I want to get your thoughts here, and I'll, yeah. I'll come back to it. I think case by case, and I think it depends on what it is, and if it really does need to be the behavior needs to be called out. You know, sometimes that person might actually learn from being called out. Yeah. It's surprising how those interactions can actually have an impact. But then there are times where I get trolled by someone and I look at their feed. They have absolutely no tweets except to other people that they're just trolling all day long. And I had that the other day and I, I just looked at that person's feed and I felt so sorry for them. I was like, mm-hmm. they must just be so unhappy in their lives that they feel like that is the only interaction that they can have online. Those people, I'm not going to give them a platform or yeah. whatever. But if somebody is, 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 or if there's like a mentality, there's been some kind of um, mm. conversations happening where it's not just one person, it's like a group of people or pot- potentially even a podcast that is sharing these ideas. I think it's important to call out that behavior because burying our heads in the sand is not going to change things. Mm. And I think a lot of people need to know that, that this behavior is not acceptable. And there are those of us who agree, yeah. you know, yeah. And I'll also just say that I, I am for creators being being people on social media <laughs> yeah. in, in saying what they want. And I obviously sometimes we're going to disagree with them. Sometimes we're going to disagree with the way they choose to express themselves. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's so built in to Star Wars of if you believe something, stand up for it. Yeah. And I, I think creators are, are humans and they should stand up for what they believe in. Not always going to agree with them or the way they say it. But I agree with them trying yeah. to stand up. There's there's it's it's we all know there's never been this kind of access to the people you like mm-hmm. yeah. that create things. Uh, there's never been in any other time and we're, we're learning how to deal with it, that their, the, their people too type thing is, is lost. And, and I think I would like people to be honest about it where you see Chuck Wendig, sometimes he's, he's a very free spirited, very opinionated guy. Yeah. But in other times it's just, he's sitting there probably in his room going, why, why this, this person's not just going, Hey man, I didn't like Mr. Bones. They're <laughs> ripping into him as a human being. Yeah. And why do you think he doesn't have the right to at least go, Hey, F you. Yeah. Stop it. Like that. I don't think people are honest about that. This, this like, 
well, Lucasfilm should come down on come down on for what for 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 striking back against someone who's insulting their very being. Yeah, you wouldn't say that at a bar, you know, because the human interaction element would be too intimidating for you to overcome. And and that's <laughs> that's why, especially if you ever met Wendig, he's kind of a big dude with that big beard. You know, you wouldn't say this stuff. Yeah, to him. no, no, he's it's constantly just, uh, all caps tweets about bees coming out of his <laughs> mouth. Yeah, no, you know what I mean. And 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 I, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> When that one, when he was like, "Cut the disingenuous shit," I'll just say it. The other the, during the Kelly Marie Tran stuff, yeah, where this isn't about you guys don't like the Last Jedi. It is about your being horrible bullies. Yep, and we as humans have the right to stay it. So it's this weird line. It is this weird line. And there's some things I am of the I, I don't like to bring attention to things, you know, remaking Last Jedi, joke or not. We barely touch on it because it's like just let it let it do its natural burnout course exactly yeah. uh but there's sometimes and also when we see i think jennifer you're right if you go to some of them you're like it's either a bot mm-hmm. or troll this is what they want to do yep. i want to game otherwise you know there might be a, a an engagement point like hey i'm sorry i may have said this thing that was misinterpreted or i said it wrong because right. we're clumsy we're recording uh, on the fly you know this is live to tape and i might i might have said something that i i didn't mean it allow me to explain that and you come back to me and go oh, okay i hear your point but I still, those things can still happen absolutely and and I don't know. It's a weird time. <laughs> it is a, a weird, weird time. time. It because is a weird time. But there, there are just yeah. as many opportunities for for greatness. I think in in Absolutely. more communication. Uh, and yeah, being able to have those conversations back and forth right. about. Well, I know you probably meant it in a nice way, but here's right. how I took it. Yeah, yeah. I ju- I'm just one of those. I'm not one of those. When I say I'm common sense, I'm not one of those like I tell it like it is, people. That's a problem for me. I just case by case, look at everything. My God. Look, yeah. Calm down. Take a breath because I have to do that too. Should Chuck Wendig do that from time to time? Yes. But there's also times where he's calmed down, take a breath, and said, no, I still will not stand for this, and that's okay, too. Yeah. Like, the only thing that truly broke me about the uh, remake The Last Jedi is that, uh, and I I, I specifically took a screenshot. I don't, quote, retweet people that I don't want to give extra oxygen to. I take a screenshot. Um, But when they said that there wasn't much divisiveness around (laughs) (laughs) around the Phantom Menace and the prequels, it's like that broke me because like um, we can't revise history, history of Star Wars, history of our politics. Facts matter. We cannot be revising history to make our arguments. So like that that was an example where I was like, I don't really want to give this oxygen, Mm -hmm. but I need to point at that specific thing because that cannot allow that cannot be allowed to be planted in the garden of our culture and grow that lie yeah. that Phantom Menace was not divisive. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's still in my number one evidence for that this is high parody. Yeah. Yes. We'll find that I think out so. in time. We'll find that on time. Hey, uh, Mark, but thank you for the question. I think it's fair and it's something that's still ongoing. Like I said, no true right or wrong answer, just uh, a situation we, we are uh, here to talk about. So thanks for the question, Mark. Kyler Aldred on Patreon asks this, this fun question to close out here. If you could have one weird character come back from Legends into Canon, Prince Zizor, Gormanda, Jackson, who would you choose? There's a lot to choose from because, well, the old Legends has a lot of weird stuff. What do you guys want? Yeah. Jennifer, mm. Joseph... Sizer. I don't want Prince Sizer. <laughs> if they had been back in the day, I would have said, bring back Thrawn. Well, guess what they have? Yeah. Uh, Hotter than ever. Yeah, right. Oh. And they've kind of, didn't they bring back Jackson? Jackson is back. Is back. Yes. So, okay, they're giving us uh, the old legend stuff. I don't know what. Life Day. Life Day? Life Day is a concept, yeah. Akmina? Can they bring back Akmina? Well, I mean, she, she is. She is. She is. Akmina is back. Yeah. yeah. When is she back? From, the, from a certain, certain point, point of view. view. That's yeah. right. So there you mm. go. My answers have been. Okay. 
Yeah. I don't want Akmina to get lonely, so I want Krellman back. <gasps> I want an alien with an open head that pours booze directly onto his brain. Ooh, Great. I like that. I'll tell you, it's. I won't call him... I'm going to answer this, but I don't consider him weird because of, of his speech impediment. I don't remember his name, but there is the Wookiee in Heir of the Empire when Leia first goes to Kashyyyk, and she can understand him because he has a lisp. Oh, and it was wow. an interesting Whoa. concept to me. So I'm not calling him weird because I don't I don't think uh, you know a speech impediment makes you weird. I'm just saying he was this interesting character, this really weird. He's communicating with Leia because he has a lisp, and so. Uh, she was able to understand him, and she, he kind of becomes her guide. I don't remember his name. Oh, yeah. It's one of the little interesting wrinkles of of Zahn's Air of the Empire trilogy and Kashyyyk itself. Yeah, I got to wow. sit down and reread yeah. those. It's been many years. Many years, mm-hmm. many years. So that would be my answer there. But I think we have... Uh, uh, Grellman would be. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I want that. I want uh, Krellman uh, and Akamena. Yeah. Their, yeah. their adventures together. Right. Oh. Be interesting. Thank you, Kyler. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, KT and Jared for your questions. We are coming to an end here, but if you have questions for us and you want them uh, on the show, there's a few places you can reach out and you want to talk about celebrations. You can go to Twitter at Force Center Pod. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. The website is ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.net. We're on Instagram as well at Force Center Pod. Uh, We're slowly ramping up over there. TeePublic.com is where you can get our uh, merchandise at tpublic.com slash user slash force center podcast is available and back up and running on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. And as always, we're trying to build those things over on Patreon. That is right. You can find us at patreon.com slash force center. We are going to do our commentary for The Last Jedi. We got the date book that is coming. We want to unlock a goal of doing commentary for all the movies. So please go check that out. Consider becoming a patron at $2 a month to get access to our monthly bonus episode, Finish the Fan Fiction, where we spin a weird Star Wars story. And at this point, there are like uh, many episodes. We, I think we just <laughs> recorded our 14th or 15th yeah. episode. Hours and hours of Star Wars weirdness waiting for your ears. Absolutely. We love doing it. We love having some weird Star Wars fan fiction. That is the end of this week's show. But before we do, before we leave uh, you guys, we want to let you know where you can find our other work. Jennifer? Yes. uh, You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Jennifer Landa. Be sure to check out my latest Happy Beeps where I talk about Star Wars sound designer Ben Burt and dive into some of the sounds that he created. It's a fantastic episode. Listen to it mm-hmm. over breakfast the other day. Oh, thank you. It was amazing. Jennifer, you continue to do great work out there. Thanks. Uh, Joseph? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can uh, go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for info on all my other adventures. Uh, my other podcast, Obsessed, the episode that is out right now, is with Anthony Carboni, the co-host of the Star Wars oh, show. Cool. We had a great conversation. Uh, some Star Wars talk snuck its way in, but mm-hmm. he's talking about the band Gorillas, and he's very excited about it. Super excited. Uh, when he first told me, I thought he wanted to talk about actual gorillas, <laughs> but I learned a lot about the band Gorillas. And then uh, always find out about live shows. Uh, we got that San Diego Comic Con thing coming up, but this very weekend, I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the convention convergence doing a bunch of different shows and podcasts absolutely because of that next week's show will be a pre-tape special so we'll talk more about that on that episode next week just in case major news drops uh <laughs> that is it uh i'm uh, ken Napsuck. you can follow me at ken Napsuck, and that includes twitch and instagram tv where i still don't quite understand how to make video vertical work right for me <laughs> that is it we'll see you all next week bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 